Welcome to this week's edition of Island Recast. For more information on Grand Memorial Presbyterian Church or Pastor David, please go to gmpc.org. So Jody and I have a niece, and her name is Joy. And in a recent visit back to Minnesota, we had opportunity uh, to see her and spend some time with her. And uh, uh, I asked her, I said, so, have you... uh, uh, I, I know that you have received uh, a, a couple of gifts over your lifetime uh, that say joy on them. And she's, oh my goodness, so many. And, and I said, and I'll bet that the people who give you those gifts are just tickled with themselves because they saw this little cute little ornament or refrigerator magnet or pillow or something that said joy on it. And they thought, oh, this is going to be the perfect gift. She's going to get such a kick out of this. She says, you, it's exactly right. Everybody thinks that they're the only ones that think that, that I should have an ornament or a mug or a plate or something with the word joy on it. She says, I never see another Christmas ornament with the word joy on it. It will be too soon. So if, if you have a friend whose name is Joy, don't buy him an ornament that says joy on it. Now, if you find an ornament that says Larry or Ralph or, or you know, buy that one because those are unique. John, that's right. We can, we can have an ornament that says, that says John on it. Something as simple as joy can so easily elude us when it should be a part of our DNA as followers of Jesus Christ. I, I love the Advent season. I love the, the progression of the, of the colors. I, I, think it's, I think it's very intentional uh, to start off, with, start off with, with hope because we have hope. Hope in who Christ is and the promises, the promises that have been made. Some of those promises we have We've received. They have been fulfilled. Uh, other promises, we're still waiting for them to be fulfilled. And, of course, that's the whole Advent uh, season, to, to be mindful as we are preparing to celebrate the birth of our Savior, the first Advent, that we should remember that Jesus said, I'm coming back. Now, there will be a second Advent when Christ will return as the conquering king, and, and he's going to uh, right every wrong. He's going to straighten everything crooked. He's going to raise the lowered places, bring down the higher places, and establish his eternal kingdom here on earth. Th- that's a promise, and that gives us hope as we live in a broken world to know that this is not the end of the story. We have hope. Last week, peace to light the candle of peace, recognizing that we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. How does that happen? It happens because Jesus goes to the cross and he dies for our sins. And God, from his throne, declares us legally to be righteous in the name of Jesus Christ. That righteousness, knowing that we are forgiven, knowing that we are reconciled with God, gives us peace within our hearts. 
That's based on fact of who Jesus is and what he has done. Not as the world gives. Jesus, we looked at this last week. Jesus said, I give you peace, but not as the world gives. And the world's peace is very precarious and very fragile. And we know that, we all know that, because we have people in our lives that whenever we're around them, we're feeling like we're, you know, we're walking on eggshells because we don't want to upset them because that will disturb the peace. We want to keep the peace. That's the peace that the world offers us. But the peace that Jesus offers us is that knowledge that, yeah, we, I am forgiven. I am loved by God. And that peace that I have with God resides in my heart. And, in, in this, and then I have the opportunity to share that peace with others. Blessed are the peacemakers. They shall be called the children of God. Brokers of reconciliation. That is so cool. And then we come to the third candle, the candle of joy. And I want you to think for a minute, what is your definition of joy? We use the word, but do we all use it with the same meaning? We have to be very, very careful with words today because there's a lot of words out there that people are using different definitions. We're using the same words, but vastly different meanings behind it. So today, more than ever, we need to kind of be on the same page when we use our words and use them very carefully. And I think joy is one of those words. What is your working definition of joy. As you think about that, I want you to open your Bibles to the 15th chapter of John. I love these three, these three four chapters in John. Uh, he's uh, instituting the Lord's Supper with his, uh, with his disciples. Uh, uh, Judas has left the building, and uh, he's got this last opportunity to speak into their lives. And they're anxious because... The, they don't get what's, you know, they've got an agenda for Jesus, and Jesus isn't going to meet their expectations. Jesus knows their world is about to be completely undone. But he also knows the rest of the story. He also knows that the resurrection is going to come. But he's got to go through that, if you will, that dark night of the soul. He's got to go through that on, on our behalf. Uh, and he knows that there's going to be joy in the resurrection. And he knows that there's going to be joy when the Holy Spirit comes on Pentecost. And he knows that this handful of, of, of people that he has been uh, entrusted with will change the world. This is the joy that he has for us. And there's so many passages in Scripture that, that, that talk about joy, uh, yeah, beginning, beginning with, uh, in the New Testament uh, with, the, with the, Advent, uh, the Advent narrative, the, the shepherds out in the fields nearby keeping watch over their flock by night. We all know that tale. Uh, we all know that narrative. And the angel said to them, because they were terrified, do not be afraid, for I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Great words for us to remind, to remind us of, of this season. The author of Hebrews, this one. Uh, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, 
scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of, of the throne of God. Uh, great, great words. And then, of course, we read James, and that kind of you know, is, a, is a kick in the head when James tells us to consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, wherever, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be uh, mature and complete, not lacking, not lacking anything. So there's this, this joy that, uh, uh, that, talk, that they talk about that Jesus gives, and that's where we, we read it in this 15th chapter of uh, the book of John. Start with me in verse 9. As Jesus is, again, he's speaking into the lives of his disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command, love each other. So what is this joy that, that Jesus gives and, and, and we receive? What does, it, what does it look like in our lives? I, I think for Jesus, the joy that he gives to us goes back to last week as, a, as a, a, a manifestation of the peace that we have with God because for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. What does that look like? I think it, I think it looks like this. I, I think he did it for us. The joy of knowing that there would be people who were reconciled to God through his act of giving himself on the cross, that we would be reconciled and restored in fellowship with God and have that peace of knowing that we are forgiven. The joy set before him in knowing who he is and what he was called to do. My joy, I want my joy to be in you and I want your joy to be complete. So what is our definition of joy? I'm going to give you a definition uh, from John Piper. Uh, John Piper, pastor, theologian, uh, uh, desiring God. I was reading a piece that he wrote on joy, and, and he, he, he gave this definition. Joy is a good feeling deep in our souls, created by the Holy Spirit, enabling us to see 
the beauty of Christ in the world. I think that's a pretty good definition. Listen to that again. Joy is a good feeling deep in our souls, created by the Holy Spirit, enabling us to see the beauty of Christ in the world. Now, one of my favorite authors, you know, is uh, Dallas Willard, and uh, in his uh, book, Renovation of the Heart, he says that feelings uh, are great servants. They make lousy masters. Uh, and, and so we live in a world today in which feelings, by and large, have supplanted fact. It doesn't matter what the truth is. What matters is how you feel about that. That's what, the, that's what the world tells us. But, of course, that just reinforces the fragility of the peace that we have because, you know, God forbid we should offend anybody because that would break the peace and hurt their feelings. I love the way that the Advent candles, again, are laid out for us because last week we looked at the facts behind the person of Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. So those facts, once established, then can give way to appropriate feelings. And joy is a feeling, a good feeling, deep down in our souls. By the Holy Spirit, enabling us to see the beauty of Christ in the world. And we need to see the beauty of Christ in the world because we all know we live in a broken world. What do we want to control and to dictate our emotions? We want fact. We want something solid. We want something firm that we can believe in and anchor our hope in what is yet to come, recognizing that what we see here is temporary. And that's the whole season of Advent. It is temporary. Our lives are, are, are very, very fragile, and they're very, very short. But the opportunity that we have to see the beauty in, of, of, of Christ in the world because of the peace that we have is not to be missed. And, and uh, how, so how do we do that? How do, we, how do we create that, uh, uh, hang on to that peace and then create that joy, uh, that joyful feeling? You know, sometimes feelings can come and go, but there are things in life that we can do to cultivate certain feelings. And I believe that joy is one of those feelings that we can cultivate in our lives. And I think Jesus tells us how right here. Listen to this again. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And therein lies the key 
to creating that joyful feeling deep within our souls. To be obedient to the command of Jesus to love others. And that's the next candle. We'll talk about that, but I'm going to talk about the next candle in light of the candle of joy because I think they are so closely tied together. So what is our working definition of love? To will the good of another. To love is to will the good of another. Jesus said, greater love has no one than this, that one would lay down their lives for their friends. The ultimate sacrifice. Now, there are some, uh, uh, there are a few books out there that have uh, very memorable opening lines. I'm going to trust that someone here has read the book, The Tale of Two Cities. And what is the opening line of The Tale of Two Cities? Give it to me. The best of times and the worst of times. Memorable first line of, of, a, of a book. Another one, uh, and you're probably going to think, well, okay, what, this, this is, how, why is he mentioning this book? But I tell you what, this, this book, uh, uh, I, I'll remember the first line of this book for as long as I live. Is there anybody here that has read the book Atlas Shrugged? What's the opening line? It's a question. Who is John Galt? Who is John Galt? Opening line. I'll never, ever forget that. I also read a book by a, a, a pastor up in Saddleback uh, named Rick Warren called The Purpose Driven Life. And I'll never forget the first sentence in that book either. Does anybody know what it is? It's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about you. Jesus said, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. How did Jesus show his love to us? He shows his love to us through service and sacrifice. I used to tell people that, uh, uh, that, that love is a love is a uh, verb, not an adjective. Well, it comes, it come to find out it's both. It's, it is a verb and it is an adjective. Love is action, but also love is a feeling. It's that, it's that good feeling deep inside our souls, and we call it joy. Joy comes when we love. And we love when we will the good of others, when we turn our focus outward. The problems occur for us when we start looking too inwardly and start thinking about all the things that are wrong in our lives, things that we wish were better, and we start comparing ourselves with other people, and we can get all wrapped around the axle over things that are totally outside of our control. We allow the external circumstances of the world that is broken to rob us of our joy. And if we're not careful of our peace, I pray it never takes away our hope. I 
I've seen it. I've seen it in you. The joy of being other-focused to will the good of others. I've seen it. I see it every year, and especially at this time of year. When we announce that we're doing Thanksgiving for junior enlisted and put these boxes together every year, you people oversubscribe. Your generosity knows no bounds. And we, and we serve Thanksgiving dinners to these junior enlisted. And the Christmas store, you really got to go back and, and check out the uh, parish hall afterwards. I mean, it is absolutely amazing what you have done. And you know what's really, really cool? Is that joy and the joy of giving, the, the joy of focusing on others is contagious. We've been doing the Christmas store now for about nine years. And, and p- other people in the community are now uh, catching on and participating with us. So the, the police department for the last two years, uh, have collected toys for the Military Outreach Ministry Christmas Store. Uh, this year, the, um, uh, the, the villa, uh, which is a, a, a skilled nursing facility, they did a toy drive, and they brought stuff in. It's contagious. My mother, <laughs> she, uh, uh, she asked me one time, she says, you know, I, the reason... Uh, I feel a little guilty uh, when, I, uh, when I give something to someone uh, because it makes me feel so good. And I start asking myself, am I, am I being generous uh, because it's the right thing to do or am I being generous because selfishly it makes me feel better? And I said, Mom, may we all be so selfish. May we all be so selfish. Do you think that maybe God designed it that way? So that once we understood the reality of the peace that we have with him, that we no longer have to be focused inwardly, that we can take everything in stride and not have to worry about it. And, and, and I get it. I get it. I mean, we all want another chapter in our lives. The, chap- the season that we are in right now is very, very challenging. And, you know, I, 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 the first service, I, I said, Ugh, you know, I don't ever want to see another mask. Not realizing that there were people behind me wearing masks. It was, a, it was a callous thing for me to say. And I thought I was being cute, being funny. But it's not funny. We need to be respectful. We're not mask police. We're not vax police. But there are so many things going on. We just need to be gracious. How are we to be loving toward other people? Not everybody thinks the same way that we do. Thank God. You know, this is a chapter, and this is a season in our lives, and and, and we'll get through it. Maybe not, but ultimately we will because of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. So we can't let, if we we let the external, I mean, we're we're tired of the Greek alphabet and all the, 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 what do they call them, the uh, variants. Yeah, and and they're going to run out of letters, and they're going to go to something else. Uh, And this may be our life here but this is temporary 
And what joy that we can have when we recognize the hope that we have in Christ based on the peace that we have, knowing that we are reconciled with God, knowing that we now have opportunity to be joyful in loving others where they're at. They don't have to believe what we believe. They don't have to think like we think. We can love people where they're at because God loves us where we're at, but he loves us too much to leave us there. And that's why we do the soul exercises and and engage in the activities to cultivate the presence of the Holy Spirit, to do that work of transformation in our lives so that we can become more and more like Jesus and share that with others. That's the joy of the season. You know, this is the... This is the first sermon on joy in Advent that I have given in a very, very long time. Because normally the third Advent uh, of the season falls on the week of the Christmas concert by our choir. And that's happening next week, by the way, folks. And they'll do it at both services. It's brilliant. And it's going to fill your heart with joy. But this year it falls on the on the. On the, the, the Sunday of Advent where we would light the candle of love. So you're kind of getting love and joy together because they do go together. Because as we love, as we look outwardly, as we care for others, because we can, we're reminded of the peace that we have with Christ and the hope that is ours. And it just, that deep feeling, that good feeling deep in our souls helps us to see beyond the brokenness of the world to recognize the beauty of Christ. And what better day for us to celebrate communion? Everybody have communion elements? If you don't have communion elements, you can raise your hand. Uh, Doug will get them to you. We need some up here, Doug. Uh, What a great day for us to celebrate the three candles that are lit, the candle of hope, the candle of peace, and the, and the candle of joy as we celebrate communion this morning. Because before Jesus jumped into all of these teachings about let not your hearts be troubled, my peace I give to you. I want my joy to be in you that your joy might be complete. Love one another. He's able to say those things because he knows what he's about to do, what we know that he did. And that was on the night that he was betrayed. He took very common elements set aside for an uncommon purpose to remind us of who he is and what he did. He took bread and he broke it. And he said, this bread is my body given for you. Thank you for listening to Island Recast. For more information please go to gmpc.org. So in the, in, a, in the first service, I'm talking about ornaments with uh, people's names on them. And bless your heart, Andy Baker uh, said, well, at least they're, 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 they can find their name on an ornament. My name is never on an ornament. Um, and I said, so if you ever find one, it was spelled the correct way that we should pick it up for. And I was, I was re- remembering her dad, uh, Stanley Baker. Some of you remember Stanley. And uh, uh, St- Stanley, uh, he looked like Santa Claus. 
I mean, he was, he, uh, he had the big white beard and the whole, the whole nine yards. And uh, every now and then as he's walking down Orange Avenue and he, some kids would, would walk by under his breath, he would chuckle. He would go, ho, ho, ho. And the kids would <laughs> look up and go, oh my gosh, Santa Claus vacations in Coronado. Um, uh, so if you find a, a Christmas ornament that says Stan, buy it and I'll pay you back for it. Joy. We can't have enough joy in our lives. And joy is a feeling that we can manufacture by loving one another. And that, my friends, is kingdom living at its best because that kind of joy is contagious. And that's what the world needs more than anything right now is joyful Christians who are contagious because of the peace that they have with Christ and the hope that we have for the future. Let us take that joy and that peace and that hope and that love with us, not just in the Advent season, but in every day of our lives, because that, my friends, is kingdom living at its best.